Welcome to another Stories, Tales, Myths, and Legends. My name is Nathan, and today I have a special two-part episode for you. It's not too often that I run across two stories that have the same title. And that's what I have for you in this episode. The first story is written by Ellen Russell Emerson, and it appeared in her book, Indian Myths. It is titled, the same as both stories in this episode, The Star and the Lily. I hope you enjoy. The Star and the Lily An old chieftain sat in his wigwam, quietly smoking his favorite pipe, when a crowd of Indian boys and girls suddenly entered, and, with numerous offerings of tobacco, begged him to tell them a story. And so he did. There was once a time when this world was filled with happy people, when all the nations were as one, when the crimson tide of war had not begun to roll. Plenty of game was in the forest and on the plains. None were in want, for a full supply was at hand. Sickness was unknown. The beasts of the field were tame and came and went at the bidding of man. One unending spring gave no place for winter, for its cold blasts or its unhealthy chills. Every tree and bush yielded fruit. Flowers carpeted the earth, the air was laden with their fragrance and redolent with the songs of wedded warblers that flew from branch to branch, fearing none, for there was none to harm them. There were birds then of more beauty and song and plumage than now. It was at such a time when the earth was a paradise and man worthily its possessor that the Indians were lone inhabitants of the American wilderness. They numbered millions, and living as nature designed them to live, enjoyed its many blessings. Instead of amusements and close rooms, the sport of the field was theirs. At night they met on the wide green beneath the heavenly worlds, the Anungoka. They watched the stars, they loved to gaze at them, for they believed them to be the residences of the good who had been taken home by the Great Spirit. One night they saw one star shone brighter than all others. Its location was far away in the south, near a mountain peak. For many nights it was seen, till at length it was doubted by many that the star was as far distant in the southern skies as it seemed to be. This doubt led to an examination, which proved the star to be only a short distance away and near the tops of some trees. A number of warriors were deputied to go and see what it was. They went, and on their return it appeared strange and somewhat like a bird. A committee of wise men were called to inquire into, and if possible, to ascertain the meaning of, the strange phenomenon. They feared that it might be an omen of some great disaster. Some thought it a precursor of good, others of evil. And some supposed it to be the star spoken of by their forefathers as the forerunner of a dreadful war. One moon had nearly gone by, and yet the mystery remained unsolved. One night a young warrior had a dream in which a beautiful maiden came and stood at his side and thus addressed him. Young brave, charmed with the land of my forefathers, its flowers, its birds, its rivers, its beautiful lakes, and its mountains clothed with green, I have left my sisters in yonder world to dwell among you. Young brave, ask your wise and your great men where I can live and see the happy race continually. Ask them what form I shall assume in order to be loved. Thus discoursed the bright stranger. The young man awoke. On stepping out of his lodge, he saw the star yet blazing in its accustomed place. At early dawn, the chief's crier was sent around the camp to call every warrior 
to the council lodge. When they had met, the young warrior related his dream. They concluded that the star that had been seen in the south had fallen in love with mankind and that it was desirous to dwell with them. The next night, five tall, noble-looking, adventurous braves were sent to welcome the stranger to earth. They went and presented to it a pipe of peace, filled with sweet-scented herbs, and were rejoiced that it took it from them. As they returned to the village, the star with expanded wings followed and hovered over their homes till dawn of day. Again it came to the young man in a dream, and desired to know where it should live and what form it should take. Places were named, on top of the giant trees or in flowers. At length it was told to choose a place itself, and it did so. At first it dwelt in the white rose of the mountains, but there it was so buried that it could not be seen. It went to the prairie, but it feared the hoof of the buffalo. It next sought the rocky cliff, but there it was so high that the children, whom it loved most, could not see it. I know where I shall live, said the bright fugitive, where I can see the gliding canoe of the race I most admire. Children, yes, they shall be my playmates, and I will kiss their slumber by the side of cool lakes. The nation shall love me wherever I am. These words having been said, she alighted on the waters where she saw herself reflected. The next morning, thousands of white flowers were seen on the surface of the lakes, and the Indians gave them this name, Wabagwani, White Flower. This star lived in the southern skies. Her brethren can be seen far off in the cold north hunting the great bear, whilst her sisters watch her in the east and west. Children, when you see the lily on the waters, take it in your hands and hold it to the skies that it may be happy on earth as its two sisters, the morning and evening stars, are happy in heaven. Ellen Russell Emerson was the author that published Indian Myths, or Legends, Traditions, and Symbols of the Aborigines of America compared to those of other countries including Hindostan, Egypt, Persia, Assyria, and China in 1884. That's where this story was taken from. What helped to spur Ellen Emerson's writing career was meeting Henry Wadsworth Longfellow during her early childhood. Apparently, he really made an impression upon her. Our second story, titled The Star and the Lily, was written by Abby Phillips Walker and published in her book titled The Sandman's Hour in 1917. I hope you enjoy The Star and the Lily. The Star and the Lily Once there bloomed in a garden a beautiful white lily on a long stalk so tall that she towered over the flowers that bloomed near her. Of course, the sunflowers at the back of the garden were much taller, and the hollyhocks that grew in the front of the sunflowers were taller too, and also the sweet peas. But they were not near the beautiful lily. Beside her bloomed pansies and poppies, and many other beautiful flowers, but they were not so tall as the lily. A rose bush growing near the lily noticed that she drooped and did not look as happy as usual one morning, and she asked what had happened. Oh, I'm thinking of someone I love, answered the lily with a sigh. That should not bring a sigh or make you look sad, my fair friend, said the rose. Love should make you happier than anything else in the world. Yes, I suppose it should, answered the lily, but my love is so far away 
and I am not sure that I am loved in return. Oh, immodest Lily, said the rose, I thought you were the most modest of all of us, and here you are in love with someone you do not know. Tell me about it, do, said the rose, alert with interest. I will tell you, dear rose, said the lily, and perhaps you can tell me how to win the love of my beloved, or how I can overcome my great love for him. I will do anything I can for you, my dear, said the rose, but do tell me quick all about your love story. One night, began the lily, when everything was quiet in the garden and all the other flowers were fast asleep, I happened to raise my head and open my petals. The moonlight was streaming over the garden, and I looked around at all the sleeping flowers and wondered how I happened to be awake at that hour, when, looking up to see the moon in all her splendor, I beheld a beautiful star looking down at me. At first I thought it was looking at the whole garden, but then I knew all the others were asleep, and I must be the one it was smiling at, for it twinkled and brightened as I gazed at it. I lowered my head and slyly looked again, and still the star was looking, and every time it saw me raise my head, it would twinkle a smile at me. The next night, I wanted to make sure that it was I that the star really smiled at, and when it was bedtime, I only bowed my head and did not sleep. Then the garden was still, and when I was sure you all slept, I again raised my head and saw my star smiling straight down at me. This time I was sure I was the only one that the star could be smiling at, and I raised my head and opened my petals and let all the perfume of my heart go up to him. And I did not feel that I was bold, for we were all alone, and he smiled down upon me his love for two nights. But now I am sorrowful, for it is day, and I cannot see my beloved. He seems only to show his love for me at night. What shall I do, dear Rose? I am not strong enough to stay awake all day and all night too. Soon I will die if I do, and yet I cannot live if I do not see my star each night. That is why I sigh and look so sad, for I might sleep all night sometime, and my star will think I do not love him. The rose shook her head. I cannot advise you, my friend, she said. You are in love with someone far above you, and are not even sure you are loved in return. Be wise and sleep through the night as the rest of us do, and give up this uncertain lover but the lily only drooped her head and sighed, and that night looked for her lover again. But the sky was dark, and no bright smile greeted the poor lily. All night she gazed into the dark sky, and when the first light of day came, she was still looking for her lover. The rose looked at her when the sun came upon them that morning, but the lily did not raise her head. She was too full of sorrow to lift her face to the sun. And by and by the rose saw that she was drooping lower and lower, so she spoke to her. Lily, she said, leaning closer to her, raise your head and let the sun cheer you. You will die if you do not open your petals and get the light and air. But the poor lily was past caring for sun or air. Her petals were limp and her stalk withered. The rose leaned closer to her as she faintly answered, and this is what she heard. Goodbye, my friend. I shall bloom no more. My bright star hid his face from me last night, and I have no desire to live longer. Perhaps I may see him after I am gone from here. And if that is true, I shall be happy. But I cannot live here and not see his face. 
The wind blew through the garden and just then took the lily from her stem, scattering her petals far out of the garden. Poor lily, murmured the rose. She went the way we all will go, but her heart was broken and she died before her time. If she had only looked for love in the garden instead of looking so far above her, she might be blooming now. Poor lily. Abby Phillips Walker was born in 1867 and died in 1951. She published several books that contained her short stories, but I didn't come across much biographical information about her. If you enjoyed this episode of Stories, Tales, Myths, and Legends, I'd love for you to consider subscribing so that you get the newest episodes when they're released. I'll bring you another story tale, myth, or legend here soon. Thanks for listening.